Jay. Yes, Matt. Before we get into tonight's big topic, I think you have some news for people. Ah, yes, I do. Just finished up the Halloween special 2018, and uh, it's out on YouTube now for anybody who wants to check that out and get some Halloween goodness. The Sexy Armpit 2018 Halloween special. Yes. And YouTube.com slash Sexy Armpit. The Sexy Armpit. The Don't forget the the. Yeah. And you are continuing in your legacy of popping up as a surprise cameo, but that's not a big surprise. (laughs) Yep. I have a 15 second appearance in this special, which I've seen twice and is my favorite of all of the ones you've done by far. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really, really, really good job. It actually made me want to do more creative stuff. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So, yeah, if anybody wants to check it out, go for it. And we can continue with our topic. (laughs) Last night, we're standing in the lobby of the movie theater, and I just keep looking at the word Halloween on all the LED displays. Mm-hmm. It just like hit me like, holy fucking shit. We are about to see a really real deal Halloween movie in theaters in late October starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh my God. I know we waited so long for this. And I mean, I want to say, you know, it's been since 1978, but that's not the case <laughs> at all. Been since, <laughs> it's actually been like less than 10 years, right? Yeah. yeah. Just about 10 years. It feels like it's been 40 years though. Yeah. Man, this was uh, quite a build. This movie had a lot to live up to with all of the hype, all of the buzz. Not only just the hype for the movie and everybody's excitement for it, but you got to remember, this was the big deal this Halloween season. Like, we didn't really get, like, we talked about the serials and stuff, and we didn't really get anything new on that front. So everybody was really looking for this to be... The number one thing this Halloween. Yeah, this was the beacon of the season. And as it turned out, sort of the saving grace of the season, at least for me. Definitely the saving grace. So before we even start with this movie, we should warn everybody. There's going to be spoilers. Oh, oh spoilers <laughs> all over the place. So definitely do not listen to this show if you have not seen the movie. I mean, I'm sure everybody's going to be seeing it like opening weekend because it's set to make a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, I hope it does. Yeah, I think it'll really kill it this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are predicted sort of like a record-setting opening. Mm -hmm. But from what I see, the budget was only like 10, 15 million. Yeah, they're going old school. Well, um, it doesn't even need to break records is what I'm saying. It could be a massive success even if it's kind of not. Well, that's how Blumhouse does it. They do it on the cheap. Blumhouse. I always call it Blumhouse. I'll never know which one it really is. I'm pretty sure it's Blumhouse, but to me, it kind of does sound better. Blumhouse. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it definitely does. (laughs) (laughs) So we went to see the film, 
and we're going to tell everybody about it. Yeah, these are our first impressions. And that's kind of important to say, I think, because it's one of those movies that you kind of need to see a dozen times. Yeah, actually, when it was even halfway through, I'm like, I'm like I have to see this again. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. wasn't even over yet. I, I almost feel like I don't even know if I should offer my opinion because I know it's going to keep evolving. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe it'll get worse. I don't know. But it's definitely one of those movies where I feel like you're going to have to experience a few times to completely form your thoughts. And I always check with you like the next day because sometimes you walk out of a movie and you're like, um, I really did not like it. But then like in a day or two, you're like, oh, it's pretty good. So you definitely kind of are conservative in that way. Whereas, like, I felt it right away. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's also fair to say that and while I did like the movie, I think you left feeling like that movie was a revelation. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know if I've seen you quite that stirred up since It Follows. I would have to agree with you on that. Yeah, definitely. It was quite a picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, agreed. That yeah. is, and that's our show tonight, guys. <laughs> I, for me, it was like it was satisfying, definitely, and it did what I wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd say it overachieved, but I don't know that it really needed to either. We didn't even know it was coming, and they're like, "Hey, we're making it," and we're like, "Yes, this is great." So I think when you think about your expectations, it's been about what two years since they announced it. I think right, right. So you're thinking in your mind, like, this has got to be really good or else they wouldn't have gotten Jamie Lee back, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. And on that, on a similar note, because of all that, you maybe have a more inflated thought process with this movie than you would with any regular horror movie. Like, it has, it's almost unfair to the movie because you want it to do so much more than usual. Yeah. They didn't come out and just say, hey, this is the greatest Halloween you've ever seen. I don't think they did, at least. <laughs> so, in, in those exact words, probably not. Yeah, no, but, yeah. but, but it, I mean, like, Jamie Lee Curtis was all, all over this motherfucker. She was. Yeah, she was, she was game to advertise. If it really was what it was like pinned to be, like the sequel to the first one, that is pretty big. Yeah, and I think overall, I mean, the movie delivered, for sure. It's almost like, well, if it was semi-decent, it was already winning. Oh you know? yeah, no, it's a net like like I've been saying yeah. all season. It could yeah. it could have been the worst movie ever, <laughs> and it was still a net win because we got all of this like happy excitement over it. I can't describe to you enough how I was sitting in the theater like early on in the movie, and I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, this is probably only going to be a little bit better than Resurrection. So I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. But then it just knocked you out. Here's the thing. I don't think the movie really took a lot of risks, but that, I don't think it needed to that. either. It was based, you know, this is actually a tough movie to do right because it is at core so simple. Mm-hmm. And if you deviate from that too much, it's like, it just seems like you're trying to be clever. You got to hit those certain beats. Right. So to stay true to that vibe and still make something that feels objectively good by 2018 standards, it's a, it's a fine line. It's pretty tough. And I think they pulled it off pretty well. 
I think one thing that has to be said, I mean, before we really get into the film, one thing that has to be said is that it could not have happened at a better time for two reasons. Mm. Okay. They picked such a perfect time to put this movie out. Not only are we in a world that is making these amazing horror films that are getting nominated for like mainstream awards and stuff like that. Yeah. And and we're like, they're getting revered. When we were kids, horror movies were almost like looked at as like, bottom of the barrel yeah yeah, it was their hidden thing yeah exactly so like halloween being one of the seminal movies that brought horror to the forefront in the first place they're doing it again now like when you're seeing like get out getting all this praise and stuff like that so to me that's awesome but then when you also think about with like the me too movement and all this other stuff it couldn't be better for such a female driven movie like this with jamie lee at, at the front of it it's so cool to see that happening now because it fits perfectly as a sequel to the first one. Yeah, I'm with you on all on all points there. Yeah, I just think to me like that elevates the film just to think about what a great time it is in horror right now. Yeah, you're right. It's a, if it was going to come out, it picked the right time because horror itself is just sort of elevated. People are trying harder. They're doing really really good things all the time. Yeah. So and it, it makes it more meaningful. You it know, makes it more meaningful. And it also meant that they couldn't just like shove this out the door and say, here's a fucking Halloween movie. We know, <laughs> yeah. you're, gonna, you're, we know you're gonna take it. Just fucking watch it. Who cares yeah, the way it comes you're out? You're right though, because they could have easily just made like a paint by numbers Halloween movie where Michael Myers just goes and kills people and really there's nothing else to it. But there's an extra element to this that I think makes it special. It isn't that simple of a story now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah, there's it's some complexities in the works here. Right. So let's talk about some of the stuff we really loved. Uh, first off, for me, obviously, and I know you will agree, is just Jamie Lee Curtis. She's so good in this. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis made the movie. I mean, she, uh, and I, I don't mean that literally. I mean, she's <laughs> <laughs> jack of all trades. Yeah, she directed it. No, yeah. She was so amazing in this movie. And my one major takeaway from this was that I think whatever accolade she's getting now, she deserves every one of them. Because when you watch the scenes in the finale and everything building up toward the end of the film, right, it is so hard to act as if you were absolutely terrified and make it look real people think acting is easy i'm not an actor i have no idea you know but like watching her do that it is so real to me like and have you ever tried to act scared it is hard as hell to make it look real yeah no i'm with you she she doesn't come off like she's acting scared like you just totally lose yourself in her moment you really do. And I was watching some of the behind the scenes stuff. And there was one scene where they clicked the, uh, what do you call that thing that they use? Clacker? The clacker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the technical name. Of what's that. that thing that you clack with? I believe, I believe it's they, a clacker. They click the clacker. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she's, I mean, she's hot. Like it just, she's, it, you, you just, you're with her immediately. I just couldn't believe, I couldn't fathom how amazing she was in this movie. And she just deserves every accolade she's getting. Yeah, I mean, she's always treated this role with a uh, real... She really respected it, always. Every time she's, you know, in H2O, even she had a lot of thoughts there. You could tell that she cares, and she is not phoning this in. Oh, definitely Like This is like a real solid performance from somebody who's given a ton of them. 
Yeah, and the content for her character this time uh, probably hit home for her a lot more. She really sunk her teeth into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was, oh, it, was a, it was a cool character. It's a little bit like um, like Linda Hamilton from Terminator 2. A little bit vibe. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but I yeah, that. I loved it. Michael Myers murdered five people. And he's a human being we need to understand. They're transferring him. Tomorrow. Seven o'clock. Yeah, he'll be locked away until the end of his days. That's the idea. I think for me, some of the things that really hit me at first was just how much more intense and um, like savage Michael Myers was this time around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a force of nature. Yeah, he was. I mean, like just it was so brutal and intense to see the things that he did in this one. Not necessarily just from a gore standpoint, but just he had a vibe in the storyline. He hadn't killed in how many years? Well, we don't, I mean, maybe he got his hands on some of his fellow whatever inmates, inmates, right? That's possible. But I mean, wow, it was almost like he'd been practicing that whole time, just getting more crazy and just nasty. Because these scenes, like anytime he's in the room, you're like, what is this guy going to do? He's just determined to do the most fucked up shit constantly. Yeah, like there was a bathroom scene early on, and he like brutalized these people. I, oh yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the scene that was in the trailer a little bit. Yeah. And I think we were saying last night that's like, oh, it actually was even cooler than it seemed there. Excuse me, somebody's in here. Hello. to get scared uh not necessarily for the creep factor because but it just you don't know what he's gonna do <laughs> well for me it was so shocking because I, I i guess i hadn't read up enough about this movie i actually thought that the podcasters were gonna be in there for a while right so i'm like all right th- these guys aren't gonna die you know something's gonna happen they're gonna get away and they're gonna be the ones to, t- to spread the news of myers instead he just fucking destroys them yeah, <laughs> he like like bashes that guy's head in like eighty thousand times. You know what that is? That's a commentary on us podcasters. Yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna get it, <laughs> and Michael's gonna give it to us. <laughs> podcasters. I thought the film was almost gonna be about how these podcasters kind of like documented his his killings and stuff because that's what these shows are really popular. Like they have the murder podcast where you listen to, you know how they catch a murderer and whatnot, you know? Right, right. And they totally have, like, the obvious role, like, oh, they're going to be the two that tell everyone in the town about his, like, quirks and how to beat him and all this shit. Yeah. And then it's like, nope, he's going to fucking just tear them apart. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Really good, though. Yeah. And that wasn't even the best kill scene for me, at least. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I think we would agree that the best one was the face crunch with the shoe that was amazing not amazing because a guy got his head completely stepped on but just because it it seems so realistic it was it was a good effect and also it was almost like 80s vhs direct to direct to vhs horror movie level kind of gore it it was almost like trauma ish it was but it was done like with class, if that makes any sense. <laughs> classy. I don't know. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. It was Does a classy it? head crush. It was elegant. 
Yeah, yeah it was an elegant head crush. Yeah, yeah. and then they. He did it, and I'm like, okay, look at away. And like, they're still focused on this like oozing, disgusting, destroyed head. I'm like, wow. You know how many people in the theater were like, when that happened, <laughs> <laughs> and there was then like, if you, I don't know if you saw right afterwards though, there was all these snakes and bugs around the guy's head. No, there was not. <laughs> oh, could you fucking imagine that? Oh. But there was a Halloween 3 homage. Yeah, you know what, though? There's a fucking Halloween 3 homage in every goddamn movie we see now. <laughs> I know. Every it's... fucking movie is the three masks. I don't care. You can go watch the next Chipmunks movies. They're going to fucking put them on. <laughs> yeah, we just saw Goosebumps recently, and they had it in there. Yeah, and they, they were proud of that little moment, too. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that was one of your favorite kills. Mm -hmm. I have to say, one of my favorite scenes of the whole thing was when Michael Myers was in the closet with the young kid. Oh, yeah. Who was, he was hysterical, that kid. Yeah, uh, his name. Um, I think it's, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but Jabril Nantambu, I believe. Yeah, the, oh, the actor's name? Yeah, plays yeah. that kid, Julian. Oh, my God. oh, God, he was so fucking funny. He was fantastic. Yeah, I don't, I mean, he's obviously young, right? Yeah, but he just got it. He had that line about cutting his <laughs> gross toenails. <laughs> I was like laughing. That was great. But the scene where Michael Myers comes out and then there's a kill after that closet scene, whew, that was good. That was really good. Because the, the guy, the kid has all these lights in his room and it just gives that gives off that effect of like when you're a kid and you're scared of what's in the closet. And Yeah, yeah. They pulled that one off well. Yeah, they really did. So what other scenes did you like, Matt? So we mentioned the uh, guy who got his head bashed in. Yeah. That was Dr. Sartain. Is that how you say it? Okay. The, the Okay, that creepy guy. Yeah, the basically like the new Dr. Loomis. Right. I was into the whole thing with him and the twists and all that, that he was actually like a fucking asshole. Yeah, that twist was surprising. Yeah, because, you know, the movie by that point, up until that point, this is pretty late in the movie, is pretty straightforward. They're not being very, like, goofy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this guy just turns bad and he's like killing people. Yeah, it was a total shocker. It was. And then he puts on the mask and with the, the whole thing with the mask was just weird. It was weird, but it was also kind of cool because he wanted to experience what it felt like. I'm with but, you on that, but he like had his whole unlimited power moment with the mask. And then he just like <laughs> takes it off. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You just got all these powers. Keep it <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we're comparing him to Emperor Palpatine. Oh, it was, but it was getting to that point. It was getting real, <laughs> you know, as soon as he went bad, it was like he got real hammy. Yeah. It was like me drunk. <laughs> that would be a, an interesting little twist there. Although when th that scene right after he put the mask on and whatnot, and Lori's granddaughter was in the truck with them. Yeah. Whew, you really think... That's going to be curtains for her. Yeah, I'll say they did a good job of making you think that even the main characters were all going to go. There were a couple of points where I was sure that was it for Laurie Strode. Right. And to be fair, it probably should have been since he was holding her up in the air and repeatedly banging her against the front door. <laughs> and then she like gets up and she's got not a fucking scratch on her. I'm like, this well, woman is tough. You know, that's where they rewrote the, the end of the script because like... The whole movie was filmed, and then she died at that scene, but then they rewrote it 
and they just picked up where they <laughs> left off. That's complete bullshit, but you would actually believe it because yeah. it's like she's clearly being killed right in front of me. Like, oh, this is a, this is a big scene. <laughs> yeah, Everybody shut a... up and pay attention. And then she's like, ah, you know what? No fucking way. Yeah, there was a lot of damage done, but you're right. There wasn't even a, a scratch. Yeah, plot oversight. <laughs> I'm going to IMDb right now. but yeah so i think the other thing that uh, really totally agitated me and it didn't really have anything to do with michael myers at all but it was that the boyfriend of laurie's uh granddaughter didn't get killed you mentioned this last night and i thought about it you're completely right because they were definitely setting that up to be almost like a sympathetic kill like oh this kid had it coming yeah because he just disappears after maybe his entire point in the movie was to throw fucking granddaughter's phone into cheese. I mean, when he threw that phone, that probably affected me more than anything in the whole film. You gasped. Yeah, I'm like, you can't do that to someone's phone. It was like totally like uh, out of bounds. Like it was such an overreaction. She just caught him kissing somebody. Why is he throwing her phone? It's your phone's fault. Honestly, it was the girl coming on to him, but at the same time, he let it happen. So what? he was at that fault. That was that completely. was totally mutual. Don't you make excuses for this motherfucker? Oh, oh no, I'm not. I'm saying yeah. he let it happen, so he was just as at fault. Yeah, and yes, yeah, so, you're right. No. He should have had a death scene. So it makes we were talking about this. I feel like there's got to be a lot of cut scenes that are probably going to be on the DVD. I think so, yeah, because then the other dude that they were hanging out with, who was the other girl's boyfriend, he was hanging from a knife in the wall, but I don't think you saw that happen either. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it was a so, I, mean, like, no. I don't know if anything got cut because it, they showed the fucking guy's head getting completely destroyed. So I can't yeah. imagine that they had to cut anything for content. It's just cut for time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the movie is only, I think, an um, hour and 45. Which, it's I mean, it's, that's not short, but it certainly leaves room for there to be 15 minutes of footage hiding somewhere. Yeah, and it felt pretty quick. It, it didn't feel like it was dragging at all. No, I think if, if let's say that they had 15, 20 minutes more of shit that they could have put in, I think it was worth losing, even if it makes some of the subplots a little clunky, because it has a really good pace. Right. Like, it, you really kind of zip to the ending. And you really do, you're invested, you definitely get invested in it. Yeah, I was with the movie the whole way through. And it never yeah. felt like, I'm like, okay, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and the other thing that I have to say is that there was one particular shot that I have to say. I don't know if you have a favorite like shot of the film. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I have that sticks out in my brain is the scene after Lori like shoots Michael through the door. This is toward the finale of the film. Okay. And she's trying to get away from him and she, she grabs the gun and she shoots him after he comes back into the house. They do a shot where he's just standing there. He's just looking all badass, and they have kind of like this drone going off. It's like, yeah, he's, he's standing there with his fingers shot off and there's like yes. blood dripping out of his fingers. Yeah, that is so classic. good. So, so, so badass. Even that won't stop him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need my fingers. Yeah, you think that? Little, who needs a little finger? <laughs> Not a finger. Not a finger. <laughs> yeah, that was a good shot. There were several, like even back at the asylum when he's out in the patio, whatever the fuck, schoolyard, courtyards. Yes. That yeah. was a good, like, this movie was made for a set of 10 lobby cards 
<laughs> yes. Glossy eight by ten lobby cards. Yeah, from Europe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God, only thirteen dollars, but it's forty-seven to ship. <laughs> That's the story of my life. I know. I'm yeah. speaking truth. <laughs> With all that said, yeah. About the film itself, did you have anything that kind of distracted you, bothered you, complaints, comments, anything okay. that you feel like maybe didn't add to your enjoyment of the film? Mm. So the whole thing with Laurie Strode basically turning her house into this elaborate trap, mm -hmm. I think takes a pretty big suspension of disbelief. Yeah, you had mentioned that after we saw it, and I, I kind of know exactly what you mean. But at the same time, you are with her, and you understand that she spent all these years since then kind of just developing these skills and this plan, because in her back of her mind, she really thinks she's going to catch this guy. Right, but let's see, 78, what's 2018 minus 1978? How many years have gone by? I thought it was 40, but 40, I'm not 40 years, you're right, yeah, 40, 40 <laughs> years. So she had 40 years to consider this, and I'm just wondering if she never once doubted that he would get out, go directly there, figure out how to break through the hidden passage to the basement, manage to lock him in the basement, and then have time to set her whole house on fire without hurting herself. <laughs> but see, I feel like she'd be, she's the type at this point where she doesn't care if she was, uh, you know, sacrificed she just wants him dead, no matter what. Uh, I, I guess, but I mean, I think I mentioned this to you last night, but it definitely reminded me a bit of Luke's sail barge plan from Return of the Jedi. Yes. A lot of it, things had to get in order for that one to work. It, it did. You know, and kudos to that. They were right. You know, she she took a, she rolled the dice and it paid off. But <laughs> Well, they did write this story pretty well, at least, because they made those allusions to those little mouse traps in the beginning of the film. Yeah. You know, the father was making all those mouse traps with the peanut butter or whatever it right, was. Right, right. And, you know, so that came into play later on because it was basically like a human mouse trap. But when you think about, like, well, is it preposterous? It's like, I'm not the type of person, I don't watch movies to say, oh, well, this is completely preposterous. Like, you're you're in it. So you're like, you just got to go with it. Listen, I'm just, I'm just being critical to be funny. It didn't, yeah, that, didn't bother me while we were watching it. Right. You no, know, I know. It, it's it was just... a little outlandish. Though. Yeah, but You're it was right. I mean, it's a fucking movie about a, a, a giant, unstoppable killer man who can survive bullets to the chest. And it's like, you don't really have to apply logic to everything that happens. <laughs> but you bring up a good point because it leads me directly to the, the one kind of, not a complaint, but the only thing that I really, if I was to have to choose something that I didn't really like about the film, it's that... Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, the actress Judy Greer, her name is Karen in the film, mm -hmm. right? So Karen, the whole film, you know, really builds up the fact that she thinks her mother is really off the deep end. She's nuts. She's an alcoholic, really kind of just sick of her behavior and her paranoia and all this stuff. So you kind of dislike her because you know you're on Lori's side. You know that it's real, right? Right. But my issue is that Karen goes overboard to claim all this stuff and, and just really go against her mother. But in the end, when it comes down to it and she's Lori's there with the cops and they go to Karen's house and they see the husband and everything and they explain to them, this is this is happening. Yeah. 
Judy Greer's whole reaction for the basically the rest of the film until the end to me wasn't sufficient enough to to say oh my god mom you were right thank you for training me all the last 40 years over this i hated you for my entire life but now this paid off because <laughs> now i, I understand why yeah, we were a fucking target shooting when i was three yeah exactly. that was to make sense <laughs> like what there was no reaction it was almost like okay like she it was almost like she still didn't believe her maybe i don't know but i, I definitely feel and this is like goes back to what we were saying earlier that she probably has a scene or two that didn't make final cut mm. because it does feel a little abrupt. Like there's probably maybe one scene where she's slowly getting back into the swing of things, remembering that old training. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she we don't have to go overboard to show it, but like even if she went to her mom and said like, "Oh my god, I feel like a complete moron." <laughs> well, know? I mean, to be fair to Judy Greer's character, what was her name? Uh, Karen. Karen. Yeah. By the time she had the opportunity to say thanks, Ma, they had just left Michael Myers set on fire in that burning house. So, you know, no, no, that's maybe they'll get, get some eggs and a cup of coffee, and then they'll talk about that. No, they had enough time. There was definitely enough time. There were, <laughs> there were in that house with that doofy husband. <laughs> that doofy husband, I'll have you know, is from the Adventures of Pete and Pete, and also Carnival. Yes, I forget his name, but he's he's awesome. He's awesome, but that character. He was kind of schmucky. No, well, he was supposed to be. Yeah, I know. He was, he was happy schmucky. When he told Lori to take that gun out of his house and all that, it's like, you know, you you <laughs> definitely are trained to not like Karen and her husband at all. <laughs> I See, I disagree because I'm like, all right, first of all, on the level, they don't know what we do. And they're not predisposed to root for anything Jamie Lee Curtis does, whether it's a Halloween movie or a fucking yogurt commercial. So they got crazy grandma in the house waving a gun around that she's not even supposed to be in the house. So I, I could understand a little bit of apprehension towards grandma and the gun. <laughs> Let's be honest though, like to me, the scene where she meets him out for dinner and she takes that huge swig of wine, like I do not promote alcoholism and I nothing like that. But I thought that scene was great because you're with her, like I said, you're on her side. You know the pressure and the paranoia that's yeah. going on. Just a little swig of wine ain't going <laughs> to kill you, but it takes the edge off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, of course, it's like the biggest goblet of wine ever. It's like, well, wait a minute, where did that glass come from? Are they sitting with the Hulk? Is the Hulk, like, just off camera? Because all the rest of the glasses are normal sized. And then yeah. she picks up this fuck. It was like Garth's fucking cocktail from Wayne's World. Yeah, what? <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> she also when she took that swig you you felt she kind of felt a little bit better a little bit you know it's yeah. like oh, it was I, tough I, for her to go to, I mean, you know, a woman like laurie strode in that movie she's not the type to go to fucking applebee's for a birthday party whatever the hell <laughs> yeah. it was i know she didn't even want to leave the house half the time i mean yeah. come on uh, i thought the more we talk about it, the more I absolutely adored her performance in that movie. Oh, she was so good. She just has that like magnetic quality. Like, yeah, there are a lot of great actors, actresses that have the talent, have the looks, have the uh, resume, and all that. But not all of them have that genesis qua. Yes, it's that special quality that she has. Yeah, she's just—I don't know what it is about her, but she just knows how to like command attention. You're right. You're absolutely right. And in, I felt like, you know, we maybe complained more than praise. So I want to just add a couple more things that were really good about this movie. Oh, by all means. 
So I really liked how they nailed the suburban Halloween vibe as they should. Oh, it was really good. You're right. Yeah, they didn't go overboard because, you know, there's a lot of movies that um, include scenes like this nowadays. And usually it's like it's so perfect that it doesn't seem real. That Halloween scene, it was very well done, but it also made me think of something. The one thing that you realize, you're like nowadays in this in the day and age of Halloween, we're in 2018. There's you know, we live in a world where there's like mass shootings and scary stuff happens in real life. Yeah. This guy is walking around with a huge knife and a mask, but like no one's saying anything because it's Halloween. And they touched on that in the original film also, where you could walk around with a mask. And no one's going to say anything. Right. But now it's almost scarier to think about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No one's even paying attention to him. I read that the guy who played him, you know, they brought back Nick Castle. Mm -hmm. He's 5'10 in real life. So was but there I think somebody was, else who's playing? Yeah, I think he's he was only in a cameo. This okay, time. so yeah. that makes... I, mean, I didn't read every fucking article that's come out about this movie, but that makes sense because whoever's playing him is fucking tall. Tall, real tall. But he, you know what? He got the mannerisms down, like, almost, like, exact. It was really... Oh, yeah. It was a really, really good Michael Myers performance. It was. And it, it, it wasn't, like, an impersonation either. It was just very... It was almost like the same guy. Right, right. And it's like you compare it to uh, Jason Voorhees where it's like Jason kind of almost you almost don't hold it against him because it feels like he doesn't really have a say in it. He's just like yeah. a vicious animal who does what vicious animals do. Mm -hmm. This Michael Myers felt like so deliberately evil. You've seen that really long shot uh, in the trailer where Michael Myers walks into like the outside shed and grabs like a hammer. Yeah. That scene where he goes into the kitchen and he he kills that woman in the kitchen. That scene, that's when I'm like, that's Michael Myers, right? Yeah, there. just very matter of factly, mm -hmm. you know, no bells and whistles. Like you're there, you're done. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was a good scene. It really was. You got a little flashier later, but you know, you got to give audiences what they're there for. Yes. <laughs> so they clearly left things open for a sequel. 100%. Yeah, I mean, we've only seen the movie once. I don't know if I missed something, but they really didn't do anything to make you think that he's really, really dead. I didn't think there would be an ending that didn't lead off to, like, a possible sequel. Because what's the point? You know, they're going to start up a new franchise here. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently they had originally conceived this as a trilogy, and then they were originally going to shoot back to back. And then they decided they'll wait to see what the reaction is and how it does and what works and what doesn't. Yeah. So they are. They're definitely planning it. So assuming the movie doesn't bomb, and I don't see how that's possible. When you really think about it, you got you still got Lori alive with her both of her daughter and her granddaughter, and I think that was the right move. I just think that was such a good move because why not do something a little bit different? It's not like everybody's got to be killed at the end of a horror movie, you know. Yeah, like do something it, it, a little bit different. Yeah, he had already had his fair share of killings. Yes, you know there there was enough to make you feel like you've seen some killing. Yeah, yes, yeah. It was it was just such a cool way to end the film, and I immediately thought like now that the granddaughter had the knife. And you saw how she was stabbing Michael Myers at the end. You're like, man, maybe she's going to get into this with him and it'll be like a tag team. Oh, Val, that's a, that's, that's some, uh, that's some <laughs> strong book in there, brother. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen, but <laughs> you never, I mean, I, at the very least, it did seem at least a bit of a nod to Halloween four. 
Yeah, a little bit. A little, like, you know, just like a wink, sort of like how they had the masks from Halloween mm-hmm. 3. I didn't necessarily take it as she's going to go bad. No, I didn't either. I, I just, I was kidding, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. So if, like, they make a sequel, and they will, where would you like to see it go? It's cool that you brought that up, because I think the best way, and I and I hope it happens, like, so if they do a sequel, I'd like to see it go in a more... I don't want to say generic. It's not the word I, w- I want to use, but I-, I want to see it become like a movie where uh, you start to like rely on them, where they start to churn out, you know, not not where they become like low budget and bad, you right. know, like the 80s ones. But like you want to almost see just like a, the killer do his thing. It doesn't need to be as mind blowing as this one. This was so kind you, of like, you're basically what you're saying is rather than put all their eggs into telling you the ultimate story, you would like them tell us to tell a story that can now be told eight more times beyond that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, like really soak soak out as much yeah, as you yeah. can from this. Just one. give you a reason to go to the theater every it, other October. It, yes, and but I also don't want. I don't think they need to continue the Laurie Strode story at this point. He, I think it should go into like a completely different direction, like absolutely completely different direction. Really? Hmm. Yes. Wow, no Lori. Now that they squashed the relation, they're not brother and sister, and she's under the impression that he's dead, they could start the story uh, when she's dead, you know, in 20 years from now, because clearly he's un- so unkillable. So we'll have it set in like... 2038 little futuristic touches people with clamshell pdas and shit (laughs) flying cars i love it michael myers in the future (laughs) all the girls look like judy jetson yep yep or judy greer (laughs) (laughs) no i don't mean it that way i'm just saying i don't think they need to continue with the laurie strode story see i felt like they had established in this movie that they have they're not related, obviously, as you said, but they have sort of like a bond, like yin and yang at this point. Yeah, it's almost like Batman and the Joker. Right. They survive because the other one survives. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like they're going to have to keep that going. Completely off topic. I think we saw too much of him without the mask on. Oh, I fucking love that. I love it. Yeah, and I thought they did a really good job of not really showing you at, at any point his face. No, I like that you didn't really, because I, I don't like, to me, it takes away some of the mystery that he just like, it, it could have been anyone. When he puts that mask on, whoo, yeah, that I'm, was good. Man. I'm with you, but I really, I mean, like in all previous movies, I definitely agreed, but something about the way he looked, it was the same, actually, they got the same guy for that too, from the original, the same yeah. unmasked guy, I forget his name, mm-hmm. but he just, the way they shot it, the way they affected it, I don't know, but it just came off very menacing to me. Like, even if he didn't have his mask, I would still totally have bought that character. Mm. We can disagree. Oh, so what are your thoughts on the uh, sequel, if there was going to be a sequel? Okay. Um, so, you know how this movie had a lot of nods to the first Halloween, obviously? Yes. I'm thinking the next one could have some nods to Halloween 2. So let's say Michael is back at some uh, asylum, whatever. And he's in the burn unit because, of course, he survived the big fire blast at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. So instead of Michael chasing Laurie around a hospital like we saw in Halloween 2, Laurie breaks into this asylum to finish what he started. So it's sort of like a reversal of that movie. Okay. And then there's a dance number. (laughs) I think if they're getting away from the original 
sequels and stuff, they shouldn't allude to those. Okay, so if you're the studio exec, you're definitely. I'm not gonna get hired for this movie. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Well, I took a shot. You know, <laughs> you can't win if you don't try. Yeah. <laughs> I just think they really captured something when, uh, when he was in the kid's closet because that's the boogeyman. You yeah, know? Like, they really did that scene so fucking good. Yeah, but just like, like that's the idea of this guy. You know, the shape faceless could be anything could be anywhere yeah anywhere he's just scary as hell and they need to keep it very nebulous and kind of vague they don't need to get in bogged down into details they just know that halloween this guy comes out kids are trick-or-treating there's that atmosphere that you brought up and this guy's gonna go on a rampage yeah that's what you need you gotta say i I wasn't sure i was with you and then you use the word nebulous you have my undying support in all endeavors. <laughs> I will follow you anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's more where that came from. Uh, <laughs> Nebulous. Yeah. What a word. <laughs> so, um, one out of ten. Oh, I think we should rate this on hollowed out heads with flashlights inside of them. Okay. By the way, that was a fucking great shot, too. Amazing. That, that would be another lobby card. That, see, I, to me, that's as classic as heads exploding in scanners, uh, pumpkin heads melting in Halloween 3, uh, cop flashlight shining into a hollowed-out <laughs> skull. And it's like, what, what even happened? How did that even get hollowed out? All I know is when I saw that, I'm like, Oh, that yeah. was the, the greatest thing I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I, I can't wait for, like, uh, Cabbage Colors or someone <laughs> to make, like, a fucking melted wax candle of that next year. What are you kidding? I already bought it. I pre-ordered it. <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> oh, man. So, out of ten possible hollowed-out heads, yes. Halloween hollowed-out heads. With flashlights. With flashlights in them. How many Halloween hollowed-out heads with flashlights in them do you give this movie? I am giving this film, no joke, the full 10 hollowed-out heads with flashlights in them. Wow. Fucking 10 hollowed-out heads with flashlights in them. Wow. Yeah. I'm not, I, you know, I'm saying wow like I'm surprised, but you really left that theater. You know, you have a certain reaction when a movie really hits you. Yeah. It's, like, quiet. You don't get, like, all, like, goofed up. Yeah, it you was, know? like, something really uh, hit me, like... Um... Like, I just experienced uh, something very life-changing. <laughs> yeah. You walk to the car like Austin walking into a McMahon segment. Like, it's, you're very determined. <laughs> it's like, you can't wait to get back to society so you can sing the praises. So we just got to, it's all business. In the car, back home as quickly as possible. Get out of my car. See you later. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're you're pretty reserved with it, too, though, because it takes you a little while to to kind of gather everything as well, you know. But what what do you think? How many hollowed out heads with flashlights in them? I'm going to go eight. Eight. OK, that's solid. That's it's solid. solid. Yeah, I think I feel yeah. what I will add to that is I feel like anything less than eight is probably too low. And yeah. this movie does have critics like I've already seen plenty of uh critiques on social media but i just feel like in this case knowing that the movie was going to reach out its tentacles into much wider audiences this was the way to go 
Mm. Really by the book in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not too heady, not too goofy or or cute. I felt like it just aspired to be something so great. You know what I mean? Like it, it set some goals for itself and it reached those goals. Yeah, I, I guess my feeling is that it did, but I feel like they still kept their foot into the water that said we have to make the most conventional slasher movie for to make this work for these audiences. So I felt yeah. like they, they kind of did both. Yeah, and they absolutely. did well, they did both pretty well, and that's hard to do. Oh, very, yeah. yeah and they, some, they couldn't go all the way either way, but they found a good midway point. That movie feels like a Halloween movie. Oh, yeah, it totally does. You know, it, it even hit me when we left. I'm like, wow, from now to the end of time, when yeah. people are doing their Halloween marathons in October, like, this is a movie, we just saw a movie that's part of fucking history. Yeah, exactly. And, and the fact that we... <laughs> The fact that we saw what is probably the spiritual, the real spiritual successor to the first movie. I know there's a Halloween too. I know, but I mean, this really technically is the sequel. That's well, kind of well. It's I mean, it's it is it is and it isn't, but it, yeah, it mostly is. It mostly is, but I think amazing to to be able to be a part of that and to be able to see it. Uh, but one thing I will say is is kind of just my point is that. Uh, as much as I like, I'm going to give you an example here, the uh, 2009 Friday the 13th. Like, I enjoy that movie, but it doesn't really feel like the original Friday the 13th films, mm -hmm. even though you could watch the first eight Friday the 13th and they feel like Friday the 13th. Right. Somehow, this movie fits in to those films, you know? I think yeah. they did a great job doing that. I'm, I'm with you. And I also think that fact ties back to something you brought up earlier. It's like the the other horror remakes that came out about 10 years ago. They didn't benefit from having such a crowded fucking room full of really, really great horror movies all the time. Right. It's like we were saying earlier. Like, you really do have to, if you want to be good, you got to try pretty hard these days. Yeah, and they, they, so and like I this think, movie lucked out by coming out when it did because it's just surrounded by too many good movies to be anything less than pretty good. Yeah, and I think that's like if they go out and they say, you know, we're we're not only going to make a good, a great Halloween film, but we're going to make a great film. I think if you set that goal, you know, you're going to make something really, really amazing. Yeah. So our average score then eight for me, ten for you, Halloween 2018 gets nine hollowed out heads with flashlights in them it's pretty nine good. that is pretty solid yeah mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a good score you feel it don't you michael you feel the marks say something michael say something michael. say something so uh it wasn't all fairy tale last night jay <laughs> yeah it wasn't all peaches and cream fucking god yeah i'm sorry but we have to bring this up yeah i mean it sounds like it might be you know a downer but it has to be talked it about. has to be said because it's becoming <laughs> it's gotten worse and worse and last night i think was like it at its peak yeah we've we've talked about our issues when we go to the movies like on social media and i we may have brought it up on previous shows but when we go to the theater sometimes other theater goers uh bother the shit out of us yes yes <laughs> and it was like an epidemic with this movie apparently because pretty much everyone we follow was saying the same thing last night 
so I got home and I was mentioning it on social media and then everyone started agreeing and everybody's flooding in with tweets about how terrible their experience was at the theater seeing this movie. Yeah, I don't know what was in the fucking water with this movie. I mean, I guess it's just, you know, maybe it speaks well to how it's going to perform, that it's attracting audiences that apparently don't really care if they see what's happening or not. <laughs> well, that was the thing I said. The first thing I I tweeted about was the fact that it's obviously going to hit the mainstream yeah. because people know Michael Myers and they, you know, they've heard stories of even if they've never seen a Halloween film, they're going to want to go experience it because they've heard that it's scary and it looks scary in the trailers. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It's just like you don't have to be a horror fan, but what the fuck is the point? going to a movie if like you just sit there and like play on your phone the whole time yeah you had two idiots to the left of you on their phones the whole time and you you were trying your best to keep your cool but holy crap you started to just get so uh infuriated and i don't blame you because i knew exactly what you were going through <laughs> yeah well i mean it's like you know if if they were kind of like holding it down and like just kind of checking every once in a while be one thing but it was they were just holding them right in front of their face like just for minutes at a time yeah so you had a couple of people there on their cell phones like the whole first five or ten minutes of the film but like they're also talking i'm pretty patient with people talking in a horror movie i get that it's a little bit of that a little bit yeah and the phone thing it's like you're fucking basically flashing a flashlight in the middle of a dark theater and it wasn't just them it was like all over that theater it really was, and I know you were trying your best to, to keep it together, but at one point, you just got so mad, and you said something to them, and they were, like, immediately, like, they stopped, and then, like, they kind of acted up a little bit toward the end, but, like, they stopped almost cold turkey after that. I was in a rage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, you were... Through. You were getting, like, so agitated. <laughs> I was just, you know, because I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, God, I've been waiting for this movie since 1978. Exactly. And yeah. now, in the moment of fucking truth, like, the minute the fucking movie starts, now you don't even talk about the credits, I'm talking about the movie, out yeah. come the phones. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Oh, my God, I know. And then there was a guy in front of us who literally at, like, the biggest parts of the movie is he's whipping out his phone and checking his Facebook. And you know what? It, I don't even care if somebody needs to go on their phone and check their texts or whatever. It actually bothers me more when I see someone go and check their Facebook. Oh, God. Who's, what, who's, what is so important on your Facebook? Are they doing like live updates on the movie? Well, Michael just got another one. Well, Michael just got another one. Do you have to poke someone? Like, what do you need to go to Facebook for? We're going to fucking poke somebody. <laughs> It's so it's, dumb. You know what it is? And because there's a certain way people hold their phones when they're just scrolling around social media, it's very like flippant like, and casual. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's lazy. It's like yeah. and you know it's like if you're you're are you literally just trying to pass the time away? That's when what you're, it looks like. Without yeah, hair in the wall. It's like they're fucking waving a palm frond. <laughs> At least when someone's texting, it looks like they're up to something, you know, they're trying to get finished. But meanwhile, yeah. these guys are just like scrolling around Instagram or wherever the fuck, and it's just endless. You're in the theater for the like one of the biggest movies of the year. Not only horror, just one of the biggest movies of the year. And you're like, ah, oh, let me let me leisurely check my Facebook. I'm like, and, and do you do people not real like look, I can understand if you honestly don't know how distracting it is, but everybody else has phones open. You have to see how distracting it is. 
And the fact is you got people like us, not only people like us, obviously you have people who are huge horror fans, huge fans of the franchise. I'm sitting there with my Michael Myers t-shirt on. Like this is, we've been waiting for this for so long. The last thing we want to do is sit in a theater with a bunch of idiots who are going to distract us from trying to pay attention. Yep. And like you said, you go to a horror film, you know that you're going to get people who are like kind of unruly or getting out of hand or whatever. Some of that is kind of par for the course. Yeah. And you're kind of expecting it. But this is so to the point where everyone around us was doing something to annoy you. Yeah. You you had your own issues last night, didn't you? Yeah, I had my own issues. There was a couple of guys behind me who, I mean, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go into it. The, in extreme detail, but yeah. the fa- the fact of the matter is, they decided to provide their own running color commentary of the film to each other. They would say like, "Oh, this guy's dead. Oh, he's gonna be dead. He's gonna die." It's, it's like the stupidest stuff, and it just it was so audible to everyone around. And at <sighs> one point, I got so pissed that I just said, "Would you shut the fuck up?" <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> And like the fact is, I heard a couple other people just kind of like laughing because you know what? They were probably thinking the same exact thing. Yeah, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were waiting to see who was going to finally say something. Yeah, because that's what it's like. It's like you're sitting there, you're all you know that there's ten other people that it's like affecting. Yeah, it's just annoying. You pay money to go see these movies, and people do this shit. It's stupid. I mean, it's not going to be like a library in every movie you go to. I get that, you know. But to be honest, there's enough crinkling of bags and chewing and crunching uh, when it comes to the food and all that. That's enough for me. I can barely handle that. Oh, my God. Oh, what the – you know, they really got to stop adding new and exotic things to that menu because now it's like people are bringing in, like, paper bags that you have to put seasoning in and just shake around. (laughs) well movie theaters that you know what they should do they should come up with foods that don't make noise but it's like the same food it's just quieter yeah (laughs) it should only be fruit snacks at the movies fruit snacks and in silent nachos silent nachos and you can get them when you go see a quiet place too But yeah, these idiots behind me, man. And then they, you know what? You got these stupid, honestly, I'm just going to say it, meatheads behind me from Jersey, obviously. (laughs) And I can make fun of them because I'm from this this state. But the fact is they want to start stuff after the movie and it becomes... Uh, it just becomes something it shouldn't be. It's it's just a movie. People are going to have a good time. You're not sitting there trying to, like, get into a brawl after the movie. That's just completely ridiculous. So if it gets to that point, it, it's it's stemming from the fact that you're literally just trying to watch a movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's, so it's like I feel like if somebody just tells you once, like, you're bothering them, you just stop and all is forgiven. Yeah. Yeah, but if you keep going or you try to make a bigger problem when someone is literally telling you that you are disrupting them from enjoying the movie yeah <sighs> and you know i i i gotta tell you i mean obviously I've, I've shared this a bunch of times i used to i worked at a theater for a long long time yep. and i used to be one of the guys always called upon to go into the theater to ask people to please quiet down because people have complained and you're disrupting and it's always awkward because you know Wait, not you have to tell like the just like specific people this Usually what will happen is someone will complain and they'll say they'll pinpoint the people who are doing it. And this is people who who don't mind missing the film. Like I wasn't about to walk out of the theater and miss this movie. Right. I, I held my I held my number one 
for uh, an hour. Oh my and god, it's fucking minutes. that fucking Coke yeah. Zero killed me in that Fanta <laughs> cup. I know the <sighs> Fanta spooky cup, the spooky so Fanta cool. cup, which is like a triple XL. I know. Oh my god. So I wasn't about to leave, but yeah, lots of times they'll come out and say, oh, so-and-so and this, you know, he's sitting toward the front. He's got this shirt on or whatever. I had no time for that, but I used to be the guy going in there trying to tell these people, listen, you're disrupting. If it happens again, we're going to have, and luckily we used to have like security and police yeah. always, you know, it's not really like that anymore, but they used to come in and they would kick people out with no problem. Yeah. So <laughs> But, you know, in your defense about speaking out to them, you waited a long time. Like, you gave them plenty of chances to kind of, like, calm down. Yeah. I went over. I shouldn't have cursed. But at the same time, I was so mad at that point. Yeah. But, well, like, you know, at the point where the, you finally cracked, yeah. there were, like, a bunch of people who started, like, saying stuff right at the same time. Because apparently yeah. it was, like, a critical moment in the film. Yeah. And they it just really totally, was. like, stepped over it. Yeah, like, why would they even think to do that? Like, when it's, like, the finale of the movie. Like, to me, that's when I'm concentrating on what's happening in the movie. But also the fact that, like, and not everyone could share in this uh, in this uh, aspect of it. But, like, I have hearing issues. So I'm sitting there trying my best to concentrate on it. And then this stuff happens. So it really agitates uh, me even more. But even, even that couldn't take away from how much fun and what an experience it was to see a halloween movie on the big screen again holy crap you're right it was a monumental movie and the fact that we've got to live through this and, and see it happen and witness it firsthand was just phenomenal yeah and plus like this was the 2018 halloween season's big thing absolutely and now man. we've we've done it we've taken part yeah very excited to be able to say that we've uh, been a part of that yeah, so for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, you should not have listened to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's it was a great film. Looking forward to the next one. If Hopefully they'll do another one. And not only that, but it should be said that I really do think that they're going to open the floodgates now. Maybe we will finally see another proper Jason movie if they can get those rights figured out. Boy, what a maybe, mess that is. Maybe some Freddy Krueger action. You know, I was thinking that because he's all, uh, you know, well, on fire. So yeah. maybe maybe Freddy comes in there and throws some water on him and says, now you, now you gotta do something for me. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Jay from the Sexy Armpit. And I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.